Chris. And I'm Dom. And we got next. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the I Got Next podcast. Um, we have a lot that we're going to discuss this week. Um, but before we do that, we have a couple people that we need to introduce uh, so that our listeners know who's here. We have the entertainment Viner extraordinaire, 55,000 followers on Fine, Mr. Ronnie Frias. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Chilling, chilling, chilling. <laughs> uh, beside him, another Viner, another dancer, another, another singer. Another one. Call of Duty Legend. I've heard you sing. You can't even say you can't. Mr. Chris Breezy, how you doing, sir? Not Chris Brown, though. Not Chris Brown. Uh, let's not let's not think that we had a list here. Uh, <laughs> shade, <laughs> throwing shade already. And we got next. All right. I'm sorry. I had I had Chris play on my account, or not the co-host Chris, uh, our guest Chris. He played on my account playing the new Call of Duty, and uh, destroyed my KD. <laughs> Man, he's a fucking pro. I've never seen anybody play that well. He spun around in a circle while not moving at all. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the back. Look for people. It was so amazing. Oh, it man. It takes balls to make a play like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just go ahead and hop on in it, man. All of us have gotten a chance to play a little bit of Call of Duty, some more than others. Um, I have been able to play a little bit of Zombies as well as the multiplayer. I think this is the best Call of Duty that's been made. Uh, the guns feel really balanced. Uh, some of the maps aren't the greatest of Call of Duty history, but for for the uh, mechanics of this game, I think they work pretty well. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Um, as far as the game goes, just like in a general sense, the game works. It's fun. I like playing it. In a Call of Duty sense, it still has all the little bullshit you don't like, but if I like give it a rating, I guess it'd probably be like an eight out of ten. It's better than Advanced Warfare. It's better than Ghost. So that's definitely better than Ghost. For. Definitely better than Ghost. I gotta get used to this running system before I can say it's better than Advanced Warfare. Cause that wall running shit's crazy. Uh, Ronnie, how how did you like it? I mean, I only played it for a few a few games, but it, it's nice. I I am used to the Advanced Warfare, like the the quick movements with the thrust of the XO. Um, but I mean, uh, I mean, it, it's a good game overall. Uh, I'm not used to the, the new special power-ups that each character has, uh, in your, in your class. I don't know. I don't know how to set up the class correctly or anything like that, or if it's just, you know, if it comes with it or you can choose what character has that power-up. But overall, I, I agree with Chris. It's, it's definitely an eight out of 10. Uh, Mr. Two and Eleven, how, how do you feel? <laughs> don't don't ask me any questions. <laughs> I don't have room to talk. Man, I didn't even watch him play. I just came back in and saw two kills to eleven deaths, and it hurt my heart. As someone who witnessed this shit, <laughs> I just want to say that like, can we make a YouTube channel devoted to people playing Call of Duty for the first time? Because like, it was amazing to watch. Like, I I enjoyed it. Like, I laughed. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I was, think he's the first person that like aimed down dead on on someone and started shooting away <laughs> from the target and around the target. At one point, he murdered a wall. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, for those who don't know, the zombies mode, 
uh, does have a storyline. Um, I would be able to tell you more, but I can't get past round 10. This is probably the hardest zombie that's ever been made. Uh, but it does have a very uh, film noir feel. Uh, very grimy. Uh, you can play as one of four characters. You got your femme fatale. You can play as a boxer. You can play as a cop and a magician. All of which have committed murders. Uh, and that's what ties all the characters into the story. Um, Zombies is a lot different than what it used to be. Um, there is no such thing as easy mode. Or, uh, oh, I know exactly where Jug is at. Uh, because they move Jug, Speed Cola, and Double Tap every single time you start up the map. The machines are in the same places, but it may not be the exact same perk there. Um, so you just kind of got to get lucky and figure out where everything's at really quickly. Um, but I would say that it's probably the best one I've played, even though it's one of the hardest. Um, another game that has just recently came out now that I have an Xbox One was Halo 5. Um, if you've played Halo 1, 2, 3, uh, Wars, ODST, anything else that has the name Halo, you've played Halo 5. Um, it's the exact same game again and again and again. Another one. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> I mean, you really do think that DJ Khaled made the game because it really is just... Another one. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, I, I don't give it that high of a rating. I do have the Elite console, uh, that one terabyte um, hard drive, along with that solid state. Uh, it does work a lot faster than the old Xboxes. Everything loads about 20% faster. I dealt with almost zero loading screens for Halo. Um, talk, talk about the, the new triggers on the back of the remote. Of the okay, controller. so only it's only with the Elite controllers. The Elite controller is a Scuff controller. Um, <clears throat> for those who don't know, you can go to Scuff. I think it's Scuff.com. Yeah. Um, you can get customized controllers to where you can put paddles, uh, where your fingers would wrap around the controller. Um and the paddles just kind of like remap the button so you never have to take your finger off the joystick. Uh, is It has diamond grip on the back. That way, even if you start to get sweaty hands, you've been playing for seven, eight hours, you're not going to lose grip. Um, it, it's, just, it's just your standard scuff. It's not horrible. Um, it's not anything revolutionary when it comes to gaming. But I will say having that come straight out of the box is pretty big. Um, just for the fact that, you know, somebody might have, you know, just thinking, oh, I'll just get a better hard drive, not even pay attention to this controller. And now they have the controller that's going online for six, five hundred dollars $500. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially because it's made by Microsoft. That's why everybody wants it. It's not a third-party controller. It's <laughs> actually made by Microsoft. So the price of it is shooting through the roof. Um, the place that I work at we were selling the elite consoles um, people came in paid $500 for the console opened it up in store took the controller out closed the box and traded back in the console uh, so that means they basically just paid $250 for, the, for a controller 
Um, and if you find the controller by itself, it's $150 if you can buy it in the store. So they overpaid by $100 and basically said, hey, this beautiful machine, take that back. I'm going to just take the controller. Uh, so there's a bunch of hype around it. It is really fun to use, though. Um, I've never had a scuff before, so I'm still trying to get used to these paddles. <clears throat> um, but um, right before we started doing the podcast, somebody brought up uh, this guy that was at the Black Ops 3 release. I have the Black Ops 3 limited edition PlayStation 4, um, but there was a guy in line that not only has now the Black Ops 3 limited edition, he will be picking up the Star Wars Battlefront PS4. He already has the Batman PS4. He already has the Elite X1 or Xbox One. He already has the, oh God, what's it called? Uh, the Halo Xbox. He already, he has basically every limited edition console for PS3, Xbox 360 and up. Um, and I asked him in line for Black Ops 3. If you're going to get the Star Wars console, why'd you get this one? And he literally looked me dead in my eyes and said, I'm going to play on this console until the Star Wars one comes out. And then I'm going to take this one, put it with all the rest of my consoles and just use a Star Wars. Um, so he's spending this month alone $1,500 on consoles, not on games, not on accessories, nothing like that. This is strictly consoles. Uh... What, what's your guys' opinion on that sort of stuff? Of spending that much money... And we're just having all these limited edition consoles... That are just sitting. I mean, you could be selling them to people. You could be doing all this other stuff with them. Or you could just, like, not be buying them. I mean, I, I've heard of people, like... Collecting... You know... Limited edition things. And, like, controllers and stuff like that. But... I don't think I've ever heard of anybody literally going out of their way... And buying every single limited edition game console that comes out and then and, and not have the intention of selling i mean given i don't know if he does have the intention no. of selling it we've asked a thousand times for those consoles back okay, okay. <laughs> so i mean basically i mean in the long run in the like in the future when people are like oh yeah i remember that and it becomes kind of like vintage type retro like uh, i mean he's gonna have a lot a lot of bidding on that if he ends up selling it I can see that. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, we think back to, you know, having a PlayStation 1 and not, you know, just training it and getting rid of it for PlayStation 2. But looking back right now, I would like to have that back or Sega Genesis or something like that. Or, like, even Parappa the Rapper. If anybody mm. has Parappa the Rapper the game and wants to sell it for under $60, hit us up. All right? Also, if you really enjoy this podcast and you just want to be an awesome individual and send it to us, I don't know, for free, I'm not going to trip <laughs> on that. Um, you can email us at the We Got Next podcast. Our new email. Well, yeah, we'll have the email set up. We'll put that. We, I might do a, like a five minute short thing, letting you know when we get our Twitter set up, our Instagram set up. We're gonna be on Periscope. Uh, we'll have our own Twitch, our own Ustream. We might we might even get a YouTube channel. We are really trying to get our content out to all of you guys in every way, shape, and form. Uh, actually, next week. Uh, it's going to be the first time that we are not shooting this in my living room. Uh, we have a room now completely finished for the podcast, our own studio. Um, 
just for the podcast. Well, we be well, we will be doing live streaming. We will be doing our podcast and all other things for the <clears throat> I Got Next podcast. And it's gonna have a lava lamp too, so might want to tune in for that. Yeah, <laughs> boxing, getting a lava lamp for it. Yeah, we're going to Spencer's. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but man, I really want to know when it comes to our two guests today. What got you guys into gaming? Was it siblings? Uh, your parents just buy it for you so you shut up and they can watch their shows or something? Like, what got you into gaming? Uh, my older cousins got me into gaming. Uh, they had the N64, so that's what started me off. And then I kept asking my mom for one and eventually got that and then just went up from there. I'm an Xbox person, though. I don't like PlayStation. Controllers are too narrow. Simple. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, what got you started, man? Uh, honestly, the first gaming anything that I got was a super, super dusty Game Boy Color. And it was a blue Game Boy Color. One of the tiny, tiny, tiny ones. Yeah. And the game that was in, I believe, was Earthworm Jim. Yeah, I remember that. And that was the only game I played for a while. And I didn't even know about game consoles like Sega. And then, like, I didn't know about any of that. The first game console I got was Nintendo 64, like Chris. Um, and I actually got it from my uncle. Because my uncle was big on gaming. And he had all the, like all those retro stuff. Um, but I played that. I played uh, Super Mario 64 for, like, the longest. And then I saw about uh, the PS2. I never had a PS1. Um, got the PS2, and the first game I got, I believe, was the Rugrat Circus game. <laughs> uh, first game I ever played. Now I thought I was hot shit. I was like, "Yo, you got that new Rugrats?" Rugrats and chill, bro. Rugrats and chill. And then from there, I didn't play anything really until I got to high school, where I got my first legit console, which was the um, PS3. And I played Call of Duty 4 was the first game I ever played on any like legit console. I completely sucked. I <laughs> I spawned in a map, didn't know exactly how to aim down, didn't know how to shoot or anything like that. Um, ended up playing that forever. Yeah, kind of like Chris's awesome adventure. Um, but um, played that. My PS3 ended up overheating, and I it Y loaded. And I stopped playing for like a year or two. Then I heard about the Xbox and I was like, mm, I'm more of a Sony guy, but said, fuck it. And then I went to um, to Xbox 360, started playing more Call of Duty. And I ended up being a first person shooter type player, type game player. Um, and then from there, I think that I think I only had an Xbox 360. I don't have any game consoles now because, you know, I, I get busy with other things, but all in all, I'm pretty sure what got me started was my uncle out of all things. My parents didn't even really care. Yeah. Like, hmm. You know, and I, I talked about it before, like, uh, my dad played, but he only played, like, Madden and Tomb Raider. Uh, so that's all I knew were things. And then he got me Crash Bandicoot because it was something for kids. <laughs> uh, got me a few, like, like Spyro and stuff like that. We've talked about those games in the past. Um, but... When the PS2 came out, my dad did not understand the ESRB rating system. So I was like, oh God, probably eight or nine. 
and I was allowed to play Grand Theft Auto for as long as I wanted. Uh, and then he finally walked in, saw what it was, and was like, wait, 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 wait. I might have made a mistake here. Uh, <laughs> it was like Grand Theft Auto 3 or something like that. One that I never did the missions, because I was 8. I'm not going to understand that I'm supposed to follow a car and stay so far behind. I thought, it says follow, so stay close, not give him some feet. Uh, but... When you guys were gaming, did your parents ever pay attention to the ESRB? Were they ever like trying to see what you were playing? Were they worried about that sort of stuff? My mom, like I said, my parents didn't. They're like, "Oh, what are you doing? Playing video games?" Okay, <laughs> like they didn't. They didn't ever really think about. Oh, I probably shouldn't be playing a game with strippers in it, um, shooting people, stealing cars, and stuff like that. They were just like, "All right, he's in his own little world, whatever." Um, they did know that I liked the game a lot, whatever game I was playing. So. If I were to have bad grades or something, they knew that 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 the consequence was taking my video games away. But apart from that, they didn't pay mind to any of the ratings or anything like that. My mom didn't allow it in our house. That's why I was over at my cousin's houses. Because <laughs> they had they had them, so I would play them over there. But when you but you said that she finally did break down and like buy you an N sixty four and stuff like that. So when she did do that sort of stuff, at that point in time, was she watching you play? Was she making sure that everything that happened was okay? Or I mean, was she just like, uh, just don't try to do this in real life? I mean, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, you could you can tell if there's violence in the game. So she knew which ones to get. So, like... Ronnie, I played a lot of Mario Kart and stuff like that. Okay. Um, now, we've all known each other for a little while. We've played games against each other, stuff like that. Um, so, my big question is, like, do you feel that with the evolution of video games, even from just, you know, PS3 jumping to PS4, even that we're getting to a point to where video games are going to be too real. We've talked about this multiple times because it's something that that we're really starting to push the line on. I mean, like with games like Until Dawn, where it literally looked like the people, that, uh, like the actors and actresses that were doing the voices. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we're going to get to a point where maybe it's too real to where like we, we can't put that out on the market? I mean, as in too real, like, well, the way I see it, if they can do that, I don't see why in a few years it'll look like they'll have, they'll start having movies where you can, like, literally grab a remote contro uh, controller and, you know, choose the, like, you know, the books they yeah. used to read, choose your path and stuff like that. I don't see why they wouldn't start doing stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure they did something like that a few years ago in the movie theaters yeah. where they had, uh... Okay, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Um... You can choose what the what the person does, kind of like the Walking Dead, uh, Telltale series. Yeah, yeah. I don't see why they'll start do like why they wouldn't do stuff like that. And I know they're working on three D. Uh, oh, the virtual reality stuff. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're getting to a point where it's it's going to be extremely realistic. Um, given some people like it, some people won't, but it's definitely going to happen. I mean, I find it to be inevitable. I don't think it's going to happen soon. But I think it might be okay 
like in the future. In the future to do it? Yeah, um, because it'll be the future and technology will be at a peak by then. So I, I think it'll be okay. But if it was to happen like in the next two years, probably not. I guess the only reason I ask is because so many people have blamed video games for violence mm. and murders and stuff like that. So, do you think that's going to make it worse? Um, honestly, I think that the people that, that are blaming video games for you know realistic events and violence and stuff like that is coming from the adults that see their kids playing the video games and I just find it to be the, the parents fault I mean you need to pay more attention to the rating if you if you're that concerned about the situation that's going on I mean given there are some, there has been cases where you know kids um, are mentally ill or have some kind of problem and relate video games to the real world and go out and do things that they really shouldn't um, that being said video games being portrayed as realistic things such as like you know you'll see in social media like in world star oh real life gta stuff like that you know people relating the video game to real life i feel like having such a big fan base like world star does that that's just going to come off to people that at, in, in the young generation or the new generation is going to be like oh yeah yeah that's totally real you know like that's definitely the gta you know mm -hmm. um so i feel like it's a mixture of bad parenting and um, unrealistic views coming from social media. Okay. I mean, with that, I feel like <clears throat> it's also people not taking responsibility for their actions. You know, it's easy to it's easy to have a if someone has a child and they do something wrong, but oh, I'm blaming this book they read, this movie, this game they played. Instead of saying, okay, maybe my son or daughter's made a really poor choice. And I mean, with some of these like really bad acts people are doing, like the guy, the Xbox killer, whatever, who murdered his parents for Halo. Yeah. Like, it was a bad decision. And yes, he said, I wanted to play Halo, but I'm not blaming the game for that. The yeah. game didn't say, kill your parents to play me. Mm -hmm. He still made a decision to do that type of stuff. And it happens all the time where, you know, kids are inside of school and they get in fights. Oh, from them watching TV. Well, maybe your son just got in a fight. Maybe your daughter's just being a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you have to say the truth. No, definitely. Yeah. It, it's, it, I think it's just a huge part of the adults nowadays that don't, that haven't grown up with video games, not understanding the concept of it being a video game and not something that's trying to convince your kid that this is what you should do in this, in this type of situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, because like I said, I was playing Grand Theft Auto at a young age, and then I was told, you know, maybe I, you know, don't play that as much, you know, play other things. But at the same time, it never crossed my mind to run up to strangers and punch them in the back of the head or anything like that. Like, that never came across like, oh, this would be the smart or funny thing to do right now. You know, you still have to have that, I guess you still need to have that mental capacity to be like, all right, this is wrong to do in real life. 
And even in the video, even for like Grand Theft Auto, if you just go around killing people, like the cops then start following. Only difference is it's very easy to lose the cops in Grand Theft Auto depending on your stars. Okay, but in real life, there's no such thing as stars. It's, no, you're going to be arrested or killed now. Yeah. Well, I feel like when kids are playing video games, parents should be involved. You want your kids seeing certain stuff or like doing certain actions. Then yeah, you know you should definitely not let them play it. But also like if I have like if I had kids right now and they were trying to play Grand Theft Auto, I would sit them down and my mom sat me down. She says, "Video games can be your escape. You can have fun. You can do things you can't normally do. But also this is not real life. You can't do that in real life. You understand that. So anything you do inside these games or see, don't come outside of the game. Yeah." So that's how I could play, you know, when I was like in middle school, I was playing that game Manhunt, which is like a banned game in some countries because it's like really graphic. Yeah. But I was, I was totally just playing it, you know? I didn't think like, oh, real life, I should be doing this. Uh, we had uh, somebody that wants to talk about the 2K6 16 story mode. Yeah, 2K16 story mode? Yeah. Uh, all right, for those, we'll go ahead and uh, do a brief Lost recap of it. That thing was garbage. Um, Spike Lee directed it. Um, loose term for the word directed. Um, basically, uh, your basketball player is automatically named Frequency Vibrations. Um, and, you're, you're, and you're coming up out of uh, Harlem. Um, you got your boy that you've known for, you know, ever. Vic. Yeah, Vic. Boss Kiyot. Um, you got your sister with you, um, and Vic ends up making some terrible choices that, that kind of cost you your spot on the team, kind of make it harder to get more minutes on that original team. Uh, so you end up going to free agency and that's when the actual game begins. Um, but I do think that like with the story mode of 2K16, the realism that was in that not just like the actions that were taken but there are a lot of people that if you have money and they don't they're gonna look at you as a meal ticket they're gonna look at you this that and the other so i mean i think that like because we were talking about realism i guess that's i'm thinking that's where you wanted me to go with that the person that was watching on periscope um i mean i think that is like a good warning for for maybe like middle school kids of like you know maybe there's just some, some people you just really need to cut like not everybody's supposed to be along for the ride not everybody was shooting with you in the gym not everybody whatever whatever <laughs> metaphor you need to come up with that lets you understand some people aren't meant to stay for the rest of your life See, I like the story mode. Only thing I wasn't really feeling about it was that, like, the actions within it, like, how things played out, you didn't weren't in control of that. You just had to watch it. I mean, the whole entire point of the show, point of the game was to be the story, but I had no choices. It was like, Vic made all the decisions he made. I had to live with it. I couldn't speak to people and tell them how I felt. All you can do is pick your college and then eventually pick the team, uh, whatever. That you signed to. Yeah. So there's really, like, nothing else you can really do. Yeah. I didn't like that. I wasn't feeling that at all. How do you guys feel about the NBA Pro-Am? Pro-Am? 
the program is, I mean, uh, it's all right. I will say that, um, I will say that with not everybody deciding to use microphones, it gets pretty annoying because you're going to get somebody that feels like even though their character overall is a 67 and they was cooking in the NBA, that they going to cook all these people actually being used by other people. So you have that one dude with a horrible rating that takes like 40 shots and ruins the game for you. But if you actually get people that are looking to play, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I like it. It's a full-length game, uh, five-on-five. Um, I like that better than Park this year. I like it a lot better than Park. Yeah, I mean, program's cool. And also, like, with the communities on PlayStation now, you can, like, find teammates real easy. You have to go in with a squad. If you go in by yourself, you're about to get shit on. Dude's going to be dunking all over you, jacking up threes on your team. You'll be mad. Well, if you go in with some good friends who know what they're doing, and some of these guys are like, you know, these 2K Ballers Life guys who <laughs> play the game nonstop. They have, you know, jerseys and courts. They probably run plays. So it's probably very organized and fun. But also it's super sweaty and try hard. So, I mean, it's just a balance. You can go in just to have fun and just bullshit. Or also you can go in there with a, with a squad and run people off the gym. I think it's dope. Honestly. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, uh, my favorite parts of it besides my team. Uh, even though I don't like that I can't just use the players that I have with my team, you got to kind of go through their little tier system. I still enjoy it. Um, Chris and or Chris Breezy See, and Breezy. Ronnie uh, haven't had a chance to play 2K16 yet. Um, but I'm sure that here in the next few days we'll get them back over here. Get some games in. Uh let them get a chance to fill that out. Um, but with sport games, my only like complaint, I love sport games. Let me first preface with I actually really do enjoy sports games. I play them a lot. Right now I'm just playing a lot of Black Ops 3 just because it just came out. I'm trying to learn the maps. I'm trying to learn zombies. Uh, but... I think that there's still that little bit of glitch in it. I don't know how else to put it of like, there's some players, okay, uh, Kyle Korver, I have him on my team. I can jack up threes all day long and just make them. It says, anybody play the new Black Ops 3? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we all have played it. Uh, we've We've covered that a little bit. Uh, we don't want to get too much into that because we're going to hurt Chris Breezy's feelings. Uh, at least I will. Uh, Bro, I got your back, Chris, man. It's all right. I sucked when I first started playing, too. I was a scrub. You didn't devastate somebody else's KD. Okay, but he doesn't own a place you <laughs> And I was already playing on mine. I was going to let him play on mine, like, for real. I really was. I, and you... You want to you play on mine, bro? No. You can lower my KD. It's skill-based mathematics. I'll get stuck with shitty people. That played just as bad as you. <laughs> and then he's going to get like 120 kills. kills. I'm fine with that, bro. Go ahead. Um, but, like I was saying, I just think that I get that there is some user control to it. So, at that point, you know, if you just really know Kyle Korver's shot, you can make him all the time. But, 
I wish there was a way to like force misses almost. But they they do do that, and I feel like. But I feel like they do it to the players that don't need it. Like they'll do it to like Durant or LeBron James. And you'll be missing dunks, layups, everything with them. But they do. But miss. you'll bring in like silvers, and they'll just be hitting all game long. I mean, I personally feel like. It's balanced the way it is right now, like just the players themselves. Cause there's there's enough of a level like bullshit where it's like, all right, I miss this wide open jump shot with Kevin Durant, and then also there's this level of like, you know, I can't miss with this random player because I just got a shot on his hot spot. My issue is that when you play these sports games like the my team ultimate team, everybody has these stacked lineups. It doesn't mean that that player is necessarily good. Like, just because I have all the best players available doesn't mean I'm better than you. And I feel like they should kind of force more of, like, more balanced teams. They do in the beginning. They make you use all bronzes and silvers. But that really sucks. Like, it's terrible. I want to use good players, but also have, like, have to have some bad ones on my bench at the end or something like that. Have, like, reserve spots where, like, the last three players have to be bronze. These certain set of players have to be silver. But the rest can be, like, star players. It kind of balances it out. I'll be okay with that. Something. Um, how how is you know realistically speaking how how much can you compare the real life Derrick Rose to the video game Derrick Rose like in all physical aspects? In all physical aspects? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's gonna die today. Uh, well, the video game Derrick Rose has it seems as if he has two good knees. Um. He can jump, um, and he doesn't, like, shatter his knee in midair. He can run down the court and doesn't blow his ACL out. Um, he can stop and change direction and not blow his ACL out. Um, he can walk upstairs and not blow his ACL out. Um, he can, like, wake up in the morning and not blow his ACL out. <laughs> uh, he has, like, two really good knees. Like, it would be almost as if he was never injured. So you would think he has really good knees. <laughs> but when you go into the game and you click that right stick and go to his body health. Because in 2K, you can see people's bodies health, right? His knees are, like, bright red. <laughs> <laughs> that means they're, like, a dangerous area and he can injure it easily. And it's not a shot at Derrick Rose. Yes, it's just it a is. fact. Like, you know, like, yeah. older players, maybe their back is bad. Like, Paul Pierce, some of his back is bad. Or, like, uh, LeBron's elbows, like, you know, yellow or something like that. So, I mean, like, it's realistic, but also he doesn't always, like, you know, get injured every single game, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, unlike real life where he gets injured every other game. Yeah. Um, sadly, 2K16 couldn't go too realistic with Derrick Rose. They did not give him a uniform, which is his suit on the bench. Um, but. Seven games strong. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's not a streak to ever be proud of unless you're a rookie. <laughs> game strong. Um, but I will say that, like, the realism with the injuries and all of that sort of stuff is actually pretty real. Uh, minus how you get injured in the game because you will take a wide-open shot, nobody around you, and they will say that you have a concussion. Right. So, I mean, there's, there's that problem that 2K has. They don't understand... How the body works with injuries. Uh, That's what be having me hot. I'll be wide open at the three, take a shot with Kevin Durant. He injures his ankle. It's always a left foot, too. It's always like a ankle injury or a foot injury. 
or something like that. I had a concussion you on a, a wide concussion? open shot. That's crazy. I mean, to, to speak back on Derrick Rose, not to throw any shade, I've never been injured with him inside of a game. I've never played a game where he got injured. But I've had games where, like, new fresh legs just, like, blow out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of give and take, and it's, you know, it's random. You can't, you don't know what's going to happen. So, it's kind of cool, and also it's, like, really crappy. Yeah. Um... I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at all these Derrick Rose jokes. Uh, I'm sorry, man. It's just it's, his knees are terrible. That's that's just what it is. But it's okay, man. Head, man. It's cool. <laughs> um, that's that's rough. But it, have they released new cards into 2K yeah, since our last they, podcast? They, they released a few new cards. They got um, Amphius, Dwight Howard. That's unnecessary. Yeah, it's, it's back when he was on the Magic when they made it to the finals against the Lakers. Oh. Um, that's like the really most notable card. They, they released the Heat Shat, which is decent. I mean, he's fat and slow. I mean, it's not Laker Shat. Yeah, it's, it's not Laker Shat, who was like a beast. It's like fat, slow, slowing down Shat. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. That's pretty much it out of notable card releases. All the rest of them are just like, oh, that's cool. You know, like uh, Kevin Martin, throwback Kevin Martin. Uh, I think there was a throwback. Man, Genova just came out. Just stuff like that. Nothing too heavy. Um, I don't think that they have started the Thanksgiving collectible bullshit on Madden this year. Um, if they have, I'm not doing it this year. I did it every other year, and I got super pissed off. All I want is Barry Sanders. EA, all I want is Barry Sanders. I don't want nobody else, but y'all keep giving me these shitty... Thanksgiving giveaway cards that as soon as I get, I just quick sell. Like, I don't even put them on the market. Uh, but I'm sure that they'll do that because somebody's going to spend like $1,000 to get all the players. Um, but with... Oh, God, I can't even think of the words to like describe it. With the... Not necessarily the violence, because to me, video games aren't violent. It's all digital. It's not actual blood, anything like that, to where it's really violent to me. I mean, it, it still portrays violence like a movie. I'll, okay, okay, I'll like give you that. Like a movie's not real violence, but it's like portraying it. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, obviously we had games like Manhunt. We had games like Postal. Uh, but we haven't had anything like that in a really long time. Do you think that that genre of over-the-top gore is going to come back. I mean, Doom is going to be released next year. Doom looks like it's going to have a lot of gore, but it's the only one, really, that looks as if it's going to be this extremely bloody game. So, do you think that that's... If that sells well, do you think that that genre kind of comes back? I feel like it never left. I just feel like the games that the gore's changed. You know, like, we mostly, I mostly play, like, Call of Duty where gore hasn't been in, but now they're adding in gore. Like, this year they have the specialist, so when someone gets hit by the bow and arrow and they explode, you see the little... Limbs. The, I don't want to call them limbs. They're like little giblets, like the chunks and shit. Yeah. It hits the ground, you know, the legs get blown off, stuff like that. But there are other games that have that type of stuff within it. Like Battlefield, you know, you shoot someone in the head and, like, the blood will splatter on the wall behind them. Things like that. So, I mean, the, the games, and also with how realistic games are now, like the graphics, 
I feel like no developer has really thought like, let's like make this super realistic. Like you know, when someone gets shot or stabbed or ran over, cause I feel like it's that's gonna be hit really hard by the ESRB. Even though it might be something already inside of the game, like you know, Grand Theft Auto already have people get run over, but you don't see them like actually like flattened on the ground or like blood and stuff like that. So that's how they can straddle that line. Yeah. Okay. I mean, do y'all think that that's going to come back, or do you think that that, because of how realistic games are, we just can't do that anymore? I mean, if I think the more gore, the more realistic, honestly, just because if you shoot somebody in the head, you are you are definitely going to see blood splat in the back wall. I mean, if you blow someone up, obviously they're not just going to drop down um, all put together. But going back to the the whole parents blaming video games, what's to, say, what's to stop kids saying, well, how come you're blaming the video games when there are movies that do the exact same thing? So it's like, I, I don't feel like it's very fair to the creators of the video games for all the blame to go on them when there are movies that are just as bad, if not worse. Okay. So, I'll, I'll definitely give you that because, I mean, around the same time that Grand Theft Auto was coming out, you had movies like Scarface and Godfather and things like that. Things of that nature that were pretty pretty violent, pretty gory, heavy with drug use, stuff like that. And I mean, Saw? Like, I, I, Saw is one of the goriest movies I know. <clears throat> the only Saw movie I've seen was Saw 5. And at one point, uh, the person sitting next to me uh, randomly asked me who was going to die next and if I would put money down. And we literally started gambling on just who was going to die next. Uh, I lost... But not too much. It was like a dollar a person or whatever. Um, but I will say that like when a when a movie is that gory, I feel like it almost takes away from it. You know what I mean? Like it almost makes it when it's strictly gore, mm -hmm. and that's supposed to be the scare factor of it. That kind of takes away from it. You know what I mean? Because not to just use the common saying of you know oh we're too desensitized but I mean to some of that stuff you just desensitize yourself to it because it's so over the top you're like okay well this can't this wouldn't happen like the, the body's blood wouldn't shoot like that or you know this that and the other so it's kind of like it takes away from it and just makes it almost like not a comedy movie but like for them to take themselves seriously becomes, like, comedic. Well, I mean, to speak to the level of, like, kids, though, because I work with kids, and also I was once a very stupid child. I used to believe movies were real, like, real talk. Now, not like Harry Potter-type movies where I was like, I have magic, I'm not in that fairy shit. You know what I'm talking about? It was like, all I watched Scarface, I was like, this really happened, someone's recording this dude's life. It was things like that. So I can see if I was watching Saw, especially the first one, I'll be like, oh my god, they're really stuck inside this room. He really cut off his leg. So things like that, I can see that being real. And like growing up, like now, now I'm an adult, I can see like, oh, it's stupid. That wouldn't happen like that. But kids, even kids at my job, they watch certain movies and they're like, oh, this really happened, you know? Like, oh, this is real. I forgot what movie they were talking about. It came out recently. Um, crap, I forgot it. it. It was something really stupid that we all know. It was the the one about the dude on, dude on Mars. Oh, the Martian. And a lot of people thought that was based on a true story, which is stupid. But I can see how like, kids think that. Okay. But yeah. there were actually actual adults who were like, 
oh, it's based on a true story of that guy who's stuck on Mars. You see what I'm saying? We have to give people credit for being as stupid as they are sometimes. That, that's going off of that. I hate when when movies like that of like sci-fi or fantasy or um, like mafia stuff or even just like real life situations like in um, uh, Straight Outta Compton when they take a story and they twist it all sorts of kinds of different ways. And at the very beginning of the movie, they plaster based on a true story. And it's like, okay, it's based on a true story, but if you're going to portray the story, that doesn't mean that you can, like, you know, skew everything else and just say based on a true story. It's just like, okay, if you're going to tell the story, at least tell it in a sense that's going to make sense. You know, like, yeah. it, 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 it isn't fair to the person that's never um, read the articles or anything like that to just see this and be like, okay, let, let's say based on a true story this guy goes to a house and like like ghost stories and sinister and stuff like that oh this ghost killed everybody and now the house is like haunted people don't want to go there okay well don't just say that if you go there you're automatically like cursed blah 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 no like i mean there's definitely a backstory behind that and i feel like movies do a horrible job of covering that backstory as to you know oh this happened at this time at night blah 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 it doesn't matter um who you are blah 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 you know etc it's just like throwing that quote unquote based on a true story is just a cheap way of trying to get the viewer to be like oh this happened this is real let me emotionally connect myself to this and you know empathize with the um with the horror that that they want to portray in this movie it, I, I don't know i just i hate that i think that but you also got to think like they're even contemplating making video games now based off of, you know, not necessarily true stories, but like, oh, this happened to you? Okay, well, we're going to dramatize it a lot, and then we're going to say based on a true story. Like, um, they want to make... Oh, God, what? They wanted to make a movie about, like, a more real, or not a movie, a video game, like a more realistic video game depicting the life of Tony Montana. Because Tony Montana was a real person. Like, he really, you know, all that stuff may have not happened in that dramatic of a fashion. Yeah. But for the most part, that's kind of what happened. Uh, but they wanted to, like, make a more realistic version of that for a video game. You're going to make people think that the actions that happen in the video game are what happen in real life. And that's when we're going to have a whole new problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just think that any time that you want to say based on a true story, the person or event or whatever, they need to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Like... For the Straight Outta Compton movie. Dre, Cube, and MC Ren all needed to be there for all the filming. To be like, no, that didn't happen. Or, no, that didn't. You know what I mean? Just so that it, it never comes to, oh, the director wants us to do it like this. Or the director wants us to do it like that. So I just really think that 
anytime that you try to put that based on a true story title on, you have to know people are going to take it as, oh my god, this is what happened. Um, and, that, and I also think if you try to do a video game like that, that's going to be extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean, like, with video games and movies, they got to make it entertaining, so they got to add stupid stuff to it. I mean, all the movies that are, like, I feel were very accurate, no offense, were, like, mad boring. Like, Ray, like the Ray Charles movie, it's a good movie. I love the movie, but it's boring. I'd rather watch Scarface sometimes, because it's like, you know, he does just, like, kill people, goes crazy, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean... They have to dramatize it a little bit. And video games especially, when you're controlling actions like that, you don't want to go to the life of Ray Charles. <laughs> like, you don't want to just... Everything that, to... that game would be five minutes. Think, because think... after it goes dark, you can't do a thing. <laughs> but what if that was it? It was like a Tar Hero. You had to play, like, the piano. The notes are coming at you, but it's, like, all black. Oh. So have... Damn. I think, I think the most realistic oh, game I played dude. was... Uh, what was that, that game that I played for a while? Breaking Daylight, I think? Oh, Dying Light. Dying Light. Dying Light. That was probably the most realistic game I've played by far, including like all the interaction uh, things that you can do, uh, the interactive things, um, the people, the graphics. Um, I'm, I'm sure you guys covered it already before, but it's just like I really like being able to choose everything. And I liked um, one part where it was like, oh, I chose to kill this person, but before I killed that person, it gave me an option of switching it to kill this person. And it's like, it's really cool to see a game to get to it, like an interactive, realistic uh, portion, but also not uh, past the barrier of it being in the realist, like, this is going to happen in real life. Like, this is what I would do in real life. Um, but... All in all, I really like the game, and, and up till right now, it's definitely the most realistic game I've played. Uh, yeah, Until Dawn was probably the most realistic I've played. Um, that was definitely a step in the direction of realistic. Um, but um, I do want to know, man, do you have any way that you're going to be that people can see you singing or can see you dancing or... Um, Shout out your Vine, shout out, you know, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. However, fans of the show can check you out, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my go-to is probably Vine. And Vine and Twitter and my Instagram are all the same handle. It's just Ronnie Frias, R-O-N-N-Y-F-R-I-A-S. Um, I mean, I, I mainly post to Vine and... Instagram, you know, my videos go on there. I don't really go to YouTube. Um, I used to, but I stopped. I, and I don't want to really start up until I get a good camera, you know, a good setup. But, yeah, Vine and Instagram, that's really all I do. Um, so if you guys want to get at me there, it's Ronnie Frias. Um, yeah. Um, shoot, what is my one? They're all different, pretty much. <laughs> Um, You're the only man that got all different handles. Well, <laughs> all of them were taken. You can't be Chris Brown seven times, so I'm not changing up anything. True. Um, I think my Twitter name is at 
Young CB underscore 23. The Y and the CB are all capitalized. Um, let's see. Instagram is Chris Breezy 231, I think. And I think that's the same for my Vine as well, I think. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, man, uh, before we close this out, uh, I'm just going to ask. You don't have to do it. I know that you've been writing something. Hmm. Could you hit him with a few lines of it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't pass me a guitar. Um, I should be Chris about the rap. Like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Now, the, uh, this song is my most recent song. I haven't finished it, and I told Dom earlier today that him and Chris are the only people that have actually heard the song. Um, besides a few people on Periscope, but I, I don't record my songs. So don't ask me to <laughs> give you a link or anything. I, I don't record my songs. Don't ask why. It's a personal thing. Um, but yeah, um, this one's called Truth Is. Now I'll, I'll just sing a little bit of it, just up to the chorus. Yeah. But um, all right, Truth Is. so much man for that again guys go check these guys out on vine go check these guys out on instagram on their twitters um but that is going to do it for this podcast i'm chris and i'm dom i'm ronnie i'm chris and we got got next. next thank you guys so much